Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway City Church. For more information about Gateway City, check us out online at gatewaycitychurch.co. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning and welcome to Gateway City Church. How are you doing today? This is not a monologue. This is a conversation. How are you doing today? Doing well? It's good to see you look good. I see everybody's still wearing some Christmas clothes. I always said the first couple of weeks of every new year is always like the best dress Sundays ever because people are wearing new clothes from Christmas. But, but uh, everybody looks good. You sound good during worship. It's so good to see you guys. Thank you guys so much for making the decision to be with us here at Gateway City Church. Uh, it's New Year's. How are you doing on, on the brand new year? You doing okay? You made some resolutions? H- have you already given up on resolutions? No, you still got them going on? Yeah, I, I've, I've been, I, I was in the gym this week. I've got selfies that I sent to my friend Nick to prove it. And uh, do, can you tell? Can you tell? That's right. This jacket isn't tight because I'm overweight. I just, I, just really, I just really worked out my chest and my biceps this week. That's, that's, that's why the jacket is tight, I promise. But, uh, oh, man, it, I, I'm so glad you guys are here, though. I mean, like, we're starting in, in week two of a series entitled Habits. And we're talking about the, the habits that we need to start today that get us to the results that we want to see tomorrow. And, and, and just as I was kind of thinking about the fact that this is a brand new, brand new year, and so I actually I looked up some resolutions because I think resolutions are funny. Sometimes the way that people, things that people make a decision to, to do something this year. And, and I looked up a couple of resolutions, and, uh, and I just want to share them with you. Uh, I re, I, one resolution I looked up. Uh, this this guy this was this was somebody tweeted this said my twenty my two my 2020 uh, resolu- New Year's resolution is to wait until the pizza cools down so that I don't burn the roof of my mouth. I think that's a wise decision. That's I, I don't like my chances though because I, I just I like pizza like that much and so I don't know if I can wait long enough. Um, somebody else they made the resolution they said that uh, 2020 resolution is I'm going to buy a pair of Crocs. And nobody's gonna stop me. And so, uh, so hey, more power to you if you want to wear some Crocs. I don't like well, get get the things that go in the toe of it. You know, like, well, I don't know what they called, but you get them in the toe and decorate your Crocs if you're gonna do it. Go all out. Uh, and then this this resolution this resonated with me. Maybe it'll resonate with you. But uh, this person's resolution was my 2020 resolution is to complete the resolutions that I wanted to start in 2019 which I set for myself in 2018. Uh, that, that resonates with me. And, and, you know, and, and I was actually reading in a, in, in a journal this, this week, uh, and, it's, and it said that that's actually the number one reason why, why resolutions are, go unfulfilled and why goals that we set for ourselves go unmet is because that we never actually start them. It's the number one reason why the goals that we set for ourselves and and the things that we say we want to accomplish most, the number one reason why we never actually see them fulfilled is because we never actually begin. And I don't know about you, but like for me today, like what I want to do is I just want to help. I want to help all of us find a little bit of motivation and I want to encourage us to actually get started doing the things that we say we want to do most. Get started doing the things that we feel like God is impressing upon us to actually do. And hopefully then, if we would actually just get started, we would actually, maybe it would lead us into a place, maybe it would lead us into the life that we ultimately feel like God has called us to live. Maybe it would lead us into the things that, to do the things that God has actually put inside of our heart to do. 
if we would just simply get started. And today we're going to look at the life of Moses. And we're going we're to look at, we're, and, and I believe that we're going to look at the life of Moses. And I believe that in his life there are some things about his life, really ultimately, where Moses kind of began that will help us, encourage us to know that, that, that we can actually accomplish the things that God has, put in for, God has put inside of our heart to accomplish. Because we all have things that we want to start. We all have things that, that, we want, that, we want to, that we want to accomplish in our life, and we, and we all, have, we all need, to, need to start somewhere. And for you, like, like, where is it today? Like, where is it that you need to begin? What, what is it that you need to begin? Like, like maybe, for, maybe for you, it's, maybe it's time to start the business that, you, that you've wanted to start. Maybe for you, it's time to restore the relationship that you continuously put off. Maybe for you, it's like, I just, I just want to start being more generous with my time and with, and with, and with my money and with my, and with my gifts, and I just want to be a more generous person. Like, where is it that you want to start? And that's a difficult question to know where to start sometimes. Oftentimes, the reason we never actually start is because we really don't know where to start. And so oftentimes, whenever I find myself in a place where I don't really know where to begin doing this thing that I feel like I need to do, oftentimes I, I jump to the very end of, I, I really jump to the end of the equation. And it really leads us back to the question that we asked last week, is that, in, is that before we identify the things that we want to do, we first need to identify who it is that we want to become. And so identify who it is that you want to become. And whenever you can identify who it is that you want to become, where you can, whenever you fast forward to the end of your life, fast forward to the end of your life, fast forward to to, to the very end, and, and, and whenever, you, whenever you can see yourself being who it is you've always wanted to be, at the end of your life, whenever people are talking about who you were and what you accomplished, what is it that you want them to say about you? What do you want them to say about, about who you were? What do you want them to say about, about what it is that you did with your life? And oftentimes, knowing where you want to end up will help you understand where it is that you, you need to begin. It's kind of the, like you, you've heard it before. Just start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. And so today, that's actually where I want to start. I want to start at the end of Moses' life. And you can read about, you can read about in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. We're also going to be in the book of Exodus today, uh, looking at the beginning of Moses' life. If you take a look at, at, uh, at Moses' life in Hebrews 11, in Hebrews 11, in this particular chapter, it's actually referred to oftentimes as, as like the hall of faith, or you read about the heroes of, the, of faith. And in chapter 11, you read a lot about men and women who have done amazing things, who God used to do incredible things in their life and through their life. And we look back at their lives as an example of what God can do in and through a person if they just if they're just obedient to what God's called them to do. And this is what the Bible says about, about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. It says, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of, of sin. And I think it's important to note that whenever, whenever the Bible refers to sin right here, it's not talking about 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 things that normally come to mind. It's not. It's not. Moses was not a. He didn't enjoy the fleeting pleasures of of of, of wickedness or anything evil. It, it it could also like I, I chose to I chose to forego I chose to forego all of the all of the the amenities that that living in a land like Egypt would provide me. I chose to forego the prestige. I I, I chose to forego uh, the notoriety that comes from 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 living in that land, which was the which was the most incredible civilization on the face of the planet at that time. He says, I chose to forego all of that. 
And he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to, to his reward. This is where Moses' life ended up. This is not where Moses began. Moses' life began, it began in Egypt. He was born in Egypt, but he wasn't born an Egyptian. He was born, he was, he was a Hebrew. He was a member of the Israelite nation. And, and whenever Moses was born, his, his birth took place during a time whenever, whenever the, the Israelite nation was actually, they were actually slaves to, to, all of, to, to all of Egypt. Millions of millions of Hebrews were enslaved in Egypt. Two and a half to three million people. Is, is, is what history tells us. They were enslaved to Egypt. And during Moses' time, Pharaoh had actually become really concerned about, about the increase in population across, across the Israelite nation because he recognized that the Israelite nation, the number of people within that Hebrew nation, had actually, had actually outnumbered the Egyptians. And Pharaoh was concerned that if the Egyptians realize that they outnumber us, they may actually overthrow us. And so his solution to this problem it was actually an extremely wicked solution. His solution to this problem was to take, the, was to take the, the newborn males that were born of the Hebrew people and throw them into the Nile River. Just execute them. Genocide. And this is what I can do to control their population, and it'll secure my reign as Pharaoh, and it'll secure our place as, as the Egyptian people. And so this is what he did. Absolutely wicked. But the mother of Moses, she decided this is not going to be my son's fate. I'm not going to hand him over to the Egyptian people to be executed. What I'm going to, I'm going to save his life. And so what his mother did was she, she made a basket. She placed him in the basket. She put the basket in the river, and she floated him downstream. And by God's hand, that basket ends up, ends up in a place where Pharaoh's daughter is bathing in the river. And she sees the basket, she opens it up, and she sees Moses lying there, and she picks up the child, and she takes him into her home where she raises him as her own son. And so here we have Moses, a Hebrew boy growing up in an Egyptian household, learning everything about, about all of the ways of the Egyptians, the leadership and their structure and, and education. He's grown up, and, for, and, and 40 years later, we find Moses had grown up as, as the adopted son of, of the daughter of Pharaoh. And then one day as Moses is, is out overseeing a job for Pharaoh, he notices an Israelite being beaten by one of the Egyptian guards. And, and he decides to intervene because Moses himself is an Israelite. And I, I don't feel like my people need to be treated this way. So he steps in and he intervenes to, to, to stop it and, what it. and it escalates really quickly. And it leads to Moses actually killing the Egyptian. And Moses panics, buries the Egyptian in the sand, and he eventually flees Egypt because what he had done was found out by people, and he was terrified that, of what might come of him because he, had killed, because he had killed this Egyptian guard. So he flees, flees to the land of Midian, and we find Moses for the next 40 years just kind of wandering around the desert, finds himself in Midian, and he finds work as, as a shepherd, just tending sheep. And then while Moses is living his life, tending sheep, really just honestly just continuing to outrun everything that had happened in Egypt, he has this absolutely amazing encounter with God. 
And during this encounter, during this conversation he has with God, God tells Moses that it's time for him to return back to Egypt. He says, you're going to go back to Egypt and you're going to confront Pharaoh. He says, he says Moses, it's time for you to go back to Egypt. He says, my people, Moses, your people, the Hebrew nation, the Israelite people, they have, been, they have been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They're suffering and it's time for them to be set free. So I'm going to need you to go back to Egypt. I'm going to need you to confront Pharaoh and you're going to tell Pharaoh to let every single one of my people go. All three million of them. They need to be set free. And this is where we actually pick up, pick up our stories. We're going to read about and read about what, just this conversation that Moses had with God in this moment as, as God is telling him it's time to go back to, go back to Egypt. Because, because we know where Moses ended up. Incredible man of faith. Somebody whose life we can look back at as an example of what God can do in and through a life, but that is not where Moses began. Moses did not begin his life as this incredible man of faith. And we're going to learn where it is that we can start. And because oftentimes we just don't really know where to begin. We've got all of these things that we want to accomplish in life, but we just don't know where to begin. And if you're taking notes, one thing that I would just tell you, this is just number one. It, just, if you want to know where it is that to begin, I don't know where to start. Well, then it just here's this. Just start where you are. Just start wherever it is that you are. Start where you are. Because here's the thing. The only thing standing between you and where it is that you ultimately want to be is your commitment to begin. And in Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, we read about, in verses 11 and 12, this is, this is part of the conversation with, that Moses is having with God. God's already told Moses, it's time for you to go back to Egypt. And then this is what Moses says. Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He's like, God, what are you thinking? I, I was there already. I killed a guy. They know about it. If I go back in there, they're going to arrest me. They may kill me. My picture is up at the post office, I'm sure. Like, I, I can't go back to Egypt. Are you kidding me? Who am I to go? You see, you see many, many, many times, like, many times you and I, we will delay doing what God has called us to do. We will discount what God could do in our life because of what we have done before. I, I can't move forward from where I am because of where I've been. Or where I am is, like, where I am is no place to begin. I've got, I've got to correct a few things in my life, and I've got, to, I've got to get into a better position before I can move forward, before, God, you can use me. And then God says this amazing thing, this powerful thing to Moses in this name. And, it's in, and then God says, I will be with you. I will be with you. Like, don't discount the power in that. Don't discount the power of, in, in that. Like, like we, we've delayed or we've discounted like what we could do based on where we've been or, or based on where we currently are. And God is saying, listen, I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you currently are. All you need to know that is as you move forward, I will be with you. Have you ever noticed how your outlook on a situation changes depending on who's with you in the moment? Have you ever noticed how it will spur some confidence in you that you didn't have before they showed up? The truth in this is why I've had about nine broken bones in my 41 years. I grew up, my best friend growing up was an absolutely incredible gymnast. 
amazing. Trained in gymnastics from the time he was four or five years old all the way through college. Uh, ended up getting injured, but he had Division I scholarships to, to Iowa and to Penn State. Like, amazing. Had hopes for the Olympics and ended up injuring his hip, but amazing gym, gymnast. I mean, like, I mean, whenever, whenever he was six, between the ages of 16 and 18, he was ranked fourth in the nation in the 16 to 18-year-old division. Absolutely incredible what he could do. And he had this incredible ability to climb things, jump off of things, flip off of things, and land in such a way that you don't get hurt. Uh, I was an athlete too, but mine was relegated to like throwing a baseball really hard or, or hitting a baseball really far. Uh, like, but when it came to falling gracefully from high places, that's not my gift. Uh, but Justin, my best friend, and if you're listening to this, Justin, not, yeah, I'm talking about you. I'm, I'm accrediting all nine broken bones to my friend Justin. And, you know, because we would, he would be looking at something, and I, I'm, I'm looking at this tree, looking at a barn, because we grew up in the middle of nowhere on a 400-acre farm. And so, you know, like, there wasn't a lot to do, but we still did a lot of things. Just that kind of thing, make up your own fun. And we would, and, and, and I'm like, there's no way I'm climbing that. There's no way I'm jumping off of this. And next thing I know, Justin's halfway up it. And I'm sitting there thinking, well... Well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let you outdo me. And then, like, he, he jumps gracefully and lands and, you know, and, you know, 10. You know, I mean, but I, I, I just fall along the ground. And, and then it's just another trip to the emergency room for me. But, yeah, confidence rises up inside of you in almost every situation that you could face, all the matter of just depending on who's with you in the moment. All with you and who's the moment. And oftentimes we delay or we discount what God could do in our lives if we would just, if we would just get over the fact that it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what your past looked like. It doesn't matter where you currently are. All that matters is that God is with you moving forward. And truth be told, beyond that, beyond that, if you make the decision to call this church home, no matter where you've been, no matter where you are, there are people within this church that want to surround you and encourage you and support you and give you the confidence that you need to move forward in your life. You just start where you are. Because it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you are when you know who you're with. And what I know, a very obvious statement, is that you will never finish the thing that you never start. Start where you are. The second thing that you need to know to encourage you to just get started doing the thing that God wants you to do is simply this, is just use what you have. Use what you have. Use what you have. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Still in this conversation with, with God about, about going back to Egypt and, and what am I supposed to do? Moses answers God. He's like, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And they say, the Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, what, what's that in your hand? And Moses says, he replies, a staff. Now, now oftentimes we, we'll just read over this. We'll read over this and we won't really recognize the power that's found in these words. God says, like, like, like what, what do you have in your hand? Moses says, it's this staff. And what you need to know, the reason it's so powerful is because there is nothing special about this staff. This is not a tool that Moses, that has been blessed. It's not a tool that Moses brings into this conversation with God. Is this, is this amazing? No, this is, this is just a staff. And like, why did Moses have a staff? He had a staff because he was a shepherd. 
And, when, and, and, and whenever, whenever Moses had this encounter with God, he was doing what it was that he, he was doing his job. He was just tending sheep. And so, and so God says, like, I, and, and what God does, God says, what is it that you have in your hand? Moses said, just this staff that I use to tend sheep with. And what, you, and what you'll see is that God uses this staff in the life of Moses to do, he uses this really simple, ordinary thing to do extraordinary things in and through the life of Moses. Well, why did he use a staff? Just a simple staff that you use to tend sheep. It's because it's what Moses had in his hand at the time. That's it. It's because it was the simple, ordinary thing that Moses had in his hand. And what you learn as you read about the life of Moses is that God took this very simple, very ordinary thing, and he did extraordinary things with it. As you read about the life of Moses, that he's, as he's confronting the Egyptians, as he's confronting Pharaoh, he actually takes this staff, throws it on the ground, and it becomes a snake. Just amazes the people within Pharaoh's court. And then Moses reaches back down, grabs the tail of it, which... If I'm being real, God, you're going to bring me another staff. I'm not going to reach down and grab a snake. Just bring me another stick. I'm sure there's other ordinary sticks that you can do amazing things with. But Moses actually reaches down and grabs the tail of a snake, and it turns right back into a staff. Later on, as, as, the, as, as the Israelite people had been let go from, from Egypt, they'd been freed from Egypt, they come to this place where they feel like they just can't go any further because they've, they've been met by the Red Sea. And they don't really know where, what to do, where to turn. Moses takes this same simple, ordinary staff, and he sticks it in the ground, raises his hands over the Red Sea, and it parts which and it parts the waters. And it provides God's people with a path to freedom. God, has, God does this amazing, he does extraordinary things through this really insignificant, through this really insignificant, maybe seemingly simple staff. It's unbelievable what God will do Whenever we take the thing that we currently have in our hand, the, the thing that we currently have that we have access to, and we just step out in faith and trust God to do something amazing through the ordinary. And maybe you're here today and you don't feel like you really have anything in your life that God can do amazing things through. Well, all I, all I am is a teacher. Are you kidding me? Like, you get a chance every single day to spend time with the youth of our country and pour wisdom and pour leadership into them, setting them up to become everything that their lives could become. Just a teacher? No. Well, all I do is I, I just, I work, at a, I work at a mechanic shop. All I do is change oil and, and rotate tires. Are you kidding me? How many single mothers have come through that shop and you've changed their oil and you've rotated their tires ensuring that, th that them and their children get into a car that is, that, is, that is mechanically sound and they can get to where they need to be safely? All you do is change oil and like, no. No. God has this amazing ability to do extraordinary things through the things in our lives that we have access to and that we do on a daily basis that to us seem just simple and ordinary. It's just what I use for my job. It's just, it's just a simple staff. I have a staff because I'm a shepherd. It's what I need. And then God says, well, if whatever it is that you have, that's what I'm going to use. You, you, you want to you, you know how you can how you can begin 
how you can start doing the things in your life that God ultimately wants to do in your life, well then just start wherever it is that you are and use whatever it is that you have in your hand. Because whatever it is that you have in your hand, that is the very thing that God is going to use to change someone's life. All I, I, just, I, don't, I don't really have much. I like to cook. I like to cook. Well, maybe you need to join our dream team and start providing, get on a rotation and provide breakfast for all of our dream teamers that show up here at 630 in the morning to, to set everything up that, that makes this place a church. My friend Adam does that. Adam's sitting in the back. He's the only one shouting me down and clapping. That's Adam. Adam loves to cook. Simple thing, right? But a couple of times a month, he gets up early and he prepares breakfast for every person that gets here at 6.30 in the morning and 7 o'clock in the morning to set our church up. This morning, he brought breakfast burritos for everybody. Seems simple. Seems ordinary, right? Has extraordinary results because everybody loves the burritos and everybody is amazingly grateful. Use the ordinary thing that you currently have access to and watch God do something amazing through it. Just use what you have. And then lastly, and then lastly, start where you, just start wherever you are. Use what you have. And then lastly, just do what you can. Do what you can. Exodus chapter 4, 10 through 12. Moses said to the Lord, still in this conversation, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them, who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will, I, will, I will help you speak and will teach you on what to say. Do you feel a little bit of tension between God and between Moses? Moses is seemingly just trying to find every excuse in the book as to why he doesn't need to be the one to go. And God is like, would you just go? Would you just go? Would you just, I need you to get started. And Moses is finding everything in the book to delay doing what God is calling him to do. Have you ever, have you ever, any parents, have you just tried to put your kids in bed and they won't stay in bed? Is that not the most frustrating thing in the world? Like, it's, it's time to go to bed. And the moment you say those words, they think of a hundred things that they need to do or have before they can make that happen. It's time for you to go to bed. Can I have a glass of water? Why, why do you get to stay up? Can I sleep with my fire truck? I can't find my teddy bear. I need a blanket. My pajamas are itchy. I'm so thirsty. I'm so hungry. Can, can, can we go to the moon? I mean, I don't know. Like, they just come up with every excuse in the book. They're just doing everything they can to delay doing the thing that we told them to do as parents. And then God's like, would you stop? Would you stop looking for excuses? Just do the thing. I need you to, st I just need you to start. I know you're not that great at speech, but I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you how to speak. I'm the one that gave humans the ability to talk in the first place. Do you not think I can... I can put the words in your mouth. Do you not think I can give you the wisdom to know what to say? Just get started. Just go. Just do what you can. Just do what you can. I'm going to teach you as you go. 
Do what you can. Can you run a marathon today? No. But what you can do is download the Couch to 5K app on your phone and get your tail off the couch. And even if you go slow, you're going faster than everybody else that's sitting on the couch. Can you completely restore your marriage today? No. But you can't apologize for the part that is your fault. You can do that. Mother Teresa, she, she was once quoted saying, if you can't feed a hundred people, just feed one. Just do what you can. Do what you can. And as you, and as you begin to do the things that, that you know you can do, as you begin to just, just start wherever it is that you are, use whatever it is that you have, and you just do what you can with that thing, you are going to watch God do amazing things through your life just using simple, ordinary things. And next thing you know, that simple, little, small, ordinary journey that you found, that you find yourself on, God is going to turn it into a journey that changes the lives of people, everybody that you come in contact with. You just have to start somewhere. Even if it's small. Have you ever noticed how small things have a tendency to get bigger? I mean, it, it, could be, it could be anything. Small things get bigger, I mean, good or bad. The, the, other, the other day, we were, we were at our house, and, and, uh, and I just got back from the gym. Can you tell? Yeah, and I needed some protein. And, and Suzanne was at the stove, and, and I walked in, and I, said, and I said, are you making eggs? Simple, really small, simple question. Are you, are you making eggs? And you know what her response was? Her response was, I tell you what, you can't cook anything. I've got to do everything for you. Can you not do one thing for you? And I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, like, how did that become this? All I ask is if you were cooking eggs. I didn't need you to like, like fuss at me. She came downstairs the other day. We were getting our daughter, London. She's five, ready for school. And, and, and she came down with one sock in her hand, and, I, and she was, she said, I can't find one of London's sock. I said, well, I said, do you need help? She said, that would be great, because I'm the only one that does anything around here. I'm like, whoa! All I said was, like, do you need help finding the other? Like, it's just, like, small things can become big. My kids become big. My, my, my two boys, they're 11 and 13, and I remember whenever they were really small. And I was always worried, because it never seemed like they really ate that much. And, and whenever they did eat, it was just really, really small amounts. And I was just worried. I don't know if they're eating enough. I don't think they're really going to grow. And, and I was asking my mom, like, what do you think I should do? She told me, she said, do not worry about it. She says, because before long, those boys will eat so much that it scares you. I have lived to see that day. I have, like, they, or, they, they, order, they order meals that are larger than anything I could even put down. It, it's, it's shocking. My small kids have become large two of our staff members they they have a thomas and hannah they, they they have a they have a dog named theo he's a golden retriever just the cutest little puppy in the world he's just really cute he has his own instagram account at theo the great golden go follow him on instagram really really cute pictures and don't feel bad about the pictures thomas is actually a photographer so that's why the pictures look great so don't hold yourself you know to that standard but they bought Theo, and they, they currently live in a one-bedroom apartment. And Theo's really cute, and, and, and he's growing. 
he's growing and he's getting bigger and and uh, and then I we were we were back in Augusta you know our hometown for Christmas and I went over to a friend's house and my friend had a had a retriever as well and uh, he's he's a little he's older and and he was hundred and three pounds and I, I text Thomas and I said I said I'm at a friend's house and they have a retriever he's hundred and three pounds and Thomas texts me right back he said oh no I rebuke that like <laughs> I rebuke it and uh, but but just small things have this tendency to get big. And the small, insignificant thing that you currently have access to, if you just put it to work, if you just put it to, if you just put it in the hands of the creator of the universe, the God who created everything we see out of nothing, I promise you, whatever it is that you have in your hand, however insignificant, how seemingly, however small, God will take it and God will grow it over time and it will become something larger than you ever thought possible. And it will change the lives of everyone you come in contact with. And you didn't, and you didn't have to, you didn't have to change where you were. You, 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 just, you just had to start wherever it is that you were. Just make the decision to begin today. What, what is it that what is it that I, I can do? Like what is it that I have in my hand that God wants to use that that I've been withholding from him. As we see Moses live his life this way, we read what is written about him at the end of his life in Hebrews 11. It says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of, of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. You only have one shot at this year. You only have one shot at this life. And God wants to do something with it. And the only thing standing between you and what God wants to do is your commitment to just get started, to just begin. So based off of just the message from last week, who is it that you want to become? And based on who it is that you want to become, just what's one simple, small thing that you can do today to just get started? Because here's what I know, again, obvious statement, you'll never, you'll never finish that which you do not start. And today's the day. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the fact that, that you love us. God, we're thankful that you don't, you don't disqualify us based off where we've been. You don't disqualify us based off of where we currently are. Father, oftentimes, the, like where we currently are doesn't serve as a disqualifier. Oftentimes, it serves as a launching pad for where it is that you want to take us. Father, help us to understand today that each of us have this incredible purpose and this incredible calling on our life. And the only thing standing between us and, and living out that purpose is just the commitment to start today. We just need to begin. 
So God, just give us faith to know that wherever it is that we currently find ourselves, we can start there and you can use it in an incredible way. God, help us to know that that you can use whatever it is that we have. Even if it seems small, even if it seems insignificant, God, you can use it to do amazing things. You can do the extraordinary with the ordinary. All we have to do is do what we can in the natural, allow you to attach your super to it, and it becomes supernatural. God, help us to have the faith to just trust you today. Help us to have the faith to trust you enough to just start. And for many of us today, if you're just every head bowed, every eye closed, we're continuing to pray. For many of you today, maybe the place that you need to start is just by giving your life to Jesus. Asking God to not only become the Savior of your life, but to be the Lord of your life. Allow Him to lead you. Allow Him to guide you into the things that He wants you to do. Into who it is that He wants you to become. And if that's you today and your first step to to living the life that God has called you to live, living, doing the things that God is calling you to do, if your first step to doing that is simply just starting a relationship with God by placing your faith in His Son, Jesus, if that is you today, I want to know about it. I want to pray for you. Would you just let me know? if I just want to start a relationship with God by placing my faith in Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. Yeah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you so much today and we thank you for every person in this place. Father, we thank you for every person that is placing their trust and placing their life in your hands, beginning a relationship with you. God, help them to know that the moment we place our faith in you, Father, that you, that you, your, your word tells us that, that, uh, that a new life is created and an old life is gone. God, that today we thank you for brand new life. And we just thank you Father, that moving forward from this day on, Father, you're going to give us the confidence to know that we can begin where we are because it because whenever because whenever we recognize who is with us, it gives us the confidence to do things that we never could do on our own. So God, stir up confidence in us in us today. Stir up faith within us today. Faith to be who you've called us to be, faith to do what you've called us to do. We give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, and we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. To stay in the know with Gateway City Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, visit us online at gatewaycitychurch.co to select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening to this week's message.